0: Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio. Reporting from the basement of the Dairy Civic Center, this is CM Alexander with the news. Colorado citizens are claiming to be at the site of a miracle this morning. Howard Cottrell, 73-year-old retired city plow driver, made the discovery as one of the volunteers assisting with the repairs to the renowned Rufo the World tourist attraction following a car accident that damaged several supports. Cottrell told sources he stepped into the Overlook Lodge to cool off when he discovered piles of clothing abandoned. Police searched the Bluebell campground only to find every RV also abandoned. A candlelight vigil has already been planned as rumors of rapture coming to Colorado sweep the country. To those attending the vigil, shine on. You're listening to Dairy Public Radio. Radio.
1: Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio, a bi weekly Stephen King Book Club podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Khan, alongside CM Alexander.
0: Hello, everyone.
1: And Benjamin Graham. Hey, constant readers. And today we are continuing our Patreon selection series from Lisa Daly with Dr. Sleep, and we are finishing the book, and CM is leading our discussion. CM, take it away. Oh,
0: thanks, Josh. Last episode, all of our characters started to come together as we got a mini showdown with the true raiding party in Danny, John, and Dave. And just as things seem to be kind of looking up, both Billy and Abra go silent in Danny's mind. And now we find out what Barry Chunk's last message to Crow was. Turns out the videotape... The porn videotape, which I was very confused about, (laughs) was more than making sure Abra didn't see anything useful through Barry's eyes. It was to shock her into letting her guard down enough so Barry could see more. And what he sees is that she's not just on the train, she's in a bathroom too. And although he's never known anybody to be able to project themselves that way, he correctly guesses that Abra might be doing just that.
1: I love the uncertainty of all of this whole conversation of him being like, I... I think she's there, and Crow's like, "Yeah, she live. That's where she lives. There's mm-hmm. probably psychic footprints everywhere." And the description is like, "Explain somebody who's not a locator from a locator. It, like, is it <laughs> yeah. so impossible to convey what that means?"
0: I'm just telling you what I saw. Yeah, <laughs> you can decide. And then he calls. Rose, because he's not sure. And Rose is like, hey, man, you decide. And he's like, what is the point of talking to anybody? <laughs> so he decides. He has Jimmy drop him off. He gets a Red Sox cap for a disguise, grabs a map of the <laughs> town, makes his way to Abra Street. Ben. <laughs> I, <laughs> I just, this <laughs> scene
2: kind of is the point where I, it started to dawn on me. How completely ineffectual the true knot is as, as <laughs> villains. They are a bunch of incompetence. Uh Crowdaddy is like this is supposed to show that they have like, I guess the the fact that Abra is so easy to to find, like they make a point of he goes on and finds her school records, mm-hmm. right? and is able to find all of this easily on the internet, it's supposed to make you be like, oh man, they're so, they could hunt down anyone.
0: Well, they have a connection with some... Yeah, person, exactly. Yeah.
2: Someone in the school board or something, or in like no, some, Somebody like, in government. Government. Yeah. It, it's supposed to show, oh, these people have connections, mm-hmm. and they could find anyone. But at the same time, Crow gets this fucking Red Sox hat, as a disguise, because he's like, you have to dress down. You have to dress like, just like the Rubes do. When you're in Sox country, you dress as and the Sox fans he do. He puts <laughs> this hat on, and immediately <laughs> some random <laughs> just- goes, "Hey, go Sox!" And
0: Crow goes,
2: "What?" I has no idea what he's talking about.
0: That's. How I would react if I was using a baseball cap for disguise and someone commented, I'd be like, sure. Oh, but, why? Be, but
2: it doesn't <laughs> you feel like a big, scary yeah, villain when yeah. he can't remember
1: the hat he just put on. <laughs> to be fair, if the guy said, go socks, I think he would have gotten it. He just said, he said something like, great game last night. And How is that hard to remember? <laughs> <laughs> it's such a dumb moment. It, it just made me be
2: like, oh, this guy is not some great hunter. He's a dipshit.
1: To be fair, I know this isn't going to shock anybody who doesn't already know this information. I have a shirt that says I'm Josh Kahn on it well, okay. that I <laughs> would wear you're... in public unironically. usually when I was doing shows. And there were times when people would come up to me and <laughs> say, are you Josh gone? And depending on the energy they brought, I would sometimes say no and then walk away. <laughs> and that's what this reminded me of. I was, I'm just saying I've forgotten what I was wearing <laughs> and been approached because yeah, of the,
2: it. <laughs> you you didn't put that shirt on, though, specifically to be like, okay, I'm going to wear this shirt to make sure people know I'm Josh Conn <laughs> and then have someone come up and be like, are you Josh Conn? And you're like, I have no idea who that is.
0: <laughs> you guys, I got to say, I feel like there's so many other things that we could have <laughs> up coming up. Oh, no, I'm Oh, <laughs> <chill. laughs> okay. This was, um, our, this was our
1: warm-up what rant. What
0: a tangent <laughs> you two <Alan>. have. <laughs> okay, so... Crow is on Abra Street. He sees Billy's truck, and he's just kind of hanging around. <laughs> I think he's hiding behind a tree. He's observing things, and he sees Abra and her friend come out. It's like, ooh, I wonder which one, and then sees her split off, give Billy the it's cool thumbs up, and he's like, got it. So he kind of changes how he's going to approach things a little bit. And he tries to call Andy to see how everything's going with them, but he doesn't have service, so... No big deal. He's going to turn his phone off for the next 20 minutes to take care of business. So he puts on the charm and he goes up to Billy's truck window. And I was starting to get very... I was having like mm-hmm. Dick Holleran flashbacks mm-hmm. from the movies. like, don't kill Billy. What did you guys think about how he gets Billy?
1: I wasn't expecting a, a hostage, if, yeah. I'm, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. So, so the first time I read it and he ended up using a syringe on him instead... I was absolutely shocked that this man's head just didn't get ripped off and then put in the trunk mm. or something.
0: I like the charm he uses too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He gets in the truck, and before he can do anything else, he gets these white flashes in his head, and he just knows that everyone else in the raiding party is dead.
1: That kicks ass. That was
0: a pretty cool moment.
1: I like that they're all—they all have that connection. That death hits everybody. Yeah,
0: even though even though they can't all locate, they still have mm-hmm. that. Although they didn't mention that when Grandpa Flick died, did they?
1: No, uh, but I think they. everybody knew it was coming. It also wasn't a violent death. Yeah. That seemed
0: pretty violent. <laughs> 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 I think their deaths are kind of always violent. Yeah. Which is, they deserve that. Amen. So now Crow changes his course of action again from pulling up into the driveway to repositioning Billy in the driver's seat. And he's pretty pissed. He's like coming in hot. We're going to jump over to Abra, who is observing through Danny the killing of Andy, Nutt, and Jimmy. She can feel them dying in her head too, which was more supportive, Crow being her father, but we'll get to that. (laughs) And she doesn't find it unpleasant. And before we can dig into that moment more, she's yelling at Danny about Crow. And Danny is telling her, to call the cops. And before she can say, oh, I'm not at my friend's house anymore rose is suddenly screaming inside her head and that revolving sensation starts
2: i wish there was more of every time this revolving
3: Mm -hmm.
2: happens uh we we get more of it later on danny kind of takes abra into the center of this mechanism into the hub Mm -hmm. But I, I wish there was more of this palace of the mind between area, yeah. this this maze of mental connections, because it's it's pretty cool.
0: More that, less some of the true stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so even though Abra is not prepared, though, she puts up a better fight than Rose, which is very impressive. She nearly makes Rose claw her own eyes out.
3: That yeah, kicks
2: ass I, so much. I have a question for you guys. Yeah. Is after the scene between the True and the Baseball Boy, the entire second half of the book when they are they are after Abra, is there any point where you thought these people are an actual threat? Because I, starting here, I never feel ever like Abra is in danger. Every single time Rose interacts with Abra, they make such a point to show <laughs> mm-hmm. how laughably overpowered Abra is that I I never truly felt. Because like this moment when she's startled, there's this jump scare of Rose in her grief lashing out and like rushing Abra and Abra just, like fucking turns her away. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like yeah, like if she hadn't had the her her guards up, she could have, you know, like you said, gouged her eyes out while Rose is on the attack. Like, I never feel like Abra is actually in danger. She just has it under control.
1: Uh if once she's taken here, I thought I felt she was in danger until the inevitable rescue. But I think Dan summarizes it best during the fight at Cloud Gap where he's talking about them kind of being bumbling buffoons and he realizes, oh, they've only preyed on children hmm. for hundreds of years. They're not used to any resistance whatsoever. And so that is the uh, something that uh, they've gotten so lazy. Lazy
0: and, and proud.
1: Yeah, and because they've been kid- fighting just children this whole time. The fact that there is any resistance, and Abra is in not only uh her own kill mode, she's been watching the killing and enjoying it, so she's ready to fight. And Rose again thinks she's just once again thinks she's just a Kid. girl. Just a rude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who she can attack. I, I, I just
2: think that it, it is odd how ineffectual the true knot is. They never get after the baseball boy scene. They never get a scene where they are as brutal or as, like, dangerous.
0: They're just kind of whiny for the rest of it. Yeah. If if
2: this scene leading up had been Crow brutally killing Billy, Mm -hmm. I would have felt much more, you know. uh, It's uh, a
0: little soft.
2: Fear. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. Because The Shining is not soft at all. I'm glad that Josh you mentioned Abra's like in her own kind of killing mode. Honestly, Ben, to your question, I've been a little more concerned about her yeah. than the true. <laughs> yeah. Just and sense. probably partially because a Firestarter kind of puts that idea mm-hmm. of this protagonist whose power could very easily corrupt them into your head. And so this whole time I've been like, I'm not so much concerned about the true as Is Abra going to go full carry? To turn sounds to, yeah, go full carry, yeah. Okay, anyway, we'll we'll get into more of that. But I do like how this scene ends because she and Rose have like this moment and Abra wins, but before Rose gets fully kicked out of Abra's head, she sees something that brings her comfort Mm -hmm. and that is Crow approaching Abra with the syringe.
1: And then he shoots her up and throws them all in the car and i love that he croak calls rose and it's like i've got him i'm on my way back and rose says if you see cops just kill her and drink as much steam as you can and we'll sort it out later like that. yeah
0: which is astounding because of how much she's sacrificed mm-hmm. and made them sacrifice just to get her i also she kind of had a moment of maybe she's a person when she was reflecting on andy's death on this conversation with him. Mm -hmm. And she's like, it really sucks about her the most because she's basically a baby true. She's only been with us a couple decades.
1: She hasn't lived a more than a normal lifetime. Mm -hmm. Unlike Mm -hmm. everyone
0: else. Let's talk about Crow's journey (laughs) until it ends. (laughs) 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 What what did you guys think? Once they're finally on the road, Crow, Billy and Abra
1: Crow gave me honestly, Janelli energy. In this, mm. the way he, from the moment he wakes Abra up when he sees she's stirring, the way he takes control of every moment,
0: but it's kind of casual, yeah. Personal, like, it's like he's your friend. Yeah. yeah. It's
1: very charming, but the fact that his the charm extends to, yeah, I'm gonna you're gonna do all these things, but if you mess it up, I am gonna kill the old man. And you're going to come inside and watch me kill the poor kid who's just working this third shift at a gas station. And that's going to be on you. Mm -hmm. So do what you think's best. (laughs) It's just, it's fantastic. I love that sort of villain.
0: Yeah, I I did like that part. There were some moments I thought he was going to be creepy. Mm -hmm. Because he's like, oh, Mm -hmm. I'm your daddy. And if you're good to me, I'll be good to you. But he doesn't. It's not that way. Oh, my
1: (laughs) God. Did you did you did you have a reaction to his offhanded comment of oh, "I could be your daddy"? Since you'd had your theory I know, you pitched because last episode, I, like
0: that's just that expression is so ruined. Just by being <laughs> a living woman <laughs> that I was like, oh,
3: don't say Bear. that
0: to a little girl. <laughs> oh, and he finds Billy's gun, mm. so he's got the syringe, kind of poised and ready to inject Billy, and he has a gun. And I could have honestly taken a little more of uh, this. Crow and Abra, incredible journey across the countryside.
2: <laughs> it's definitely the most tense, because you say Crow isn't a creep, and he's not a creep in that way, but just his whole... Oh, he's awful. The, the, <laughs> yeah. That personality type, car salesman, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Shtick, skeeves me out so bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he is in such a hateful character. Mm-hmm that I do wish there had been more. It ends abruptly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah,
0: it does.
1: It ends in a snap.
0: Yeah, because Dan Dan is, oh, I have to mention, and I I kept forgetting this later, like what it actually meant. While this is happening, he's being haunted by the phrase he was told by Tony as a kid, which is you will remember what was forgotten. At the time, I was like, what the, what? What's he it, going to remember? <laughs> I'm still not sure I follow what it was.
2: I, I agree. Okay. I, 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 it feels like such a fan service moment. Yeah. It's, it's just there to be like, remember this other book you like? <laughs> remember this line from The Shining?
0: So Dave is pretty upset with Danny because Zabra is missing now, but he's holding himself together pretty well considering those circumstances. And we have the same conversation we've had three times already <laughs> about how Dave shouldn't call the police.
1: Oh, yeah, we get it.
0: Yeah, but he does call Abra's friend's house and so they know she's definitely not there. She went home. Danny is thinking about his AA principles because he wants a drink now more than ever. And he starts to give it over to his higher power and he presses his hand against his mouth. And then he understands the message about remembering what was forgotten, which I just don't think quite works. But (laughs) we we don't know here what that is referring to, but it's enough to cause him to change his plans now. A lot of plan changing on the fly. (laughs) And they are going to Boston to talk to Lucy and Cheta. On the way, Danny tries to get in touch with Abra. And I love that from John and Dave's (laughs) perspective, the timing of it. She's in the bathroom pretending to change her tampon. And they're in the front seat just driving. And then they hear from the back seat this, like, Danny's suddenly higher-pitched, like, girlish voice saying, Give me a minute. I have to change my tampon. (laughs) It's such an easy joke. But I was like... Thank you. I, I, I liked
1: the joke just before that, that because David's been so high strung, he just looks back and he goes, are you sleeping? Oh, like, yeah. it's, it's so indignant.
0: <laughs> oh, it's like a married couple fighting. <laughs> right.
1: I, I did love this idea of Dan kind of turning himself into a receiver. Yeah, in hopes what do you guys
0: think about this? I,
1: it's cool to see Dan trying new things with his power mm-hmm. because that's not, Something he probably didn't even know was possible till he met Abra. Yeah. And so it's cool to see him uh, stretching the muscles, which is why I think he's so much stronger by the end. Yeah. Because yeah. he's been kind of working these things out again.
0: It uh, Ben, you mentioned Dreamcatcher earlier. This very much reminded me of the Mind Palace stuff. Mm. So guys, Danny's just a 13-year-old girl taking a piss when Crow barges in. And yanks Dabra to their feet and drags them back Deborah. to the truck. <laughs> he notices that her voice is different, but he doesn't know why, so he just sort of lets that one go.
1: It's well it's nice that with the injecting the chemical to yeah, keep her it sleepy. It's a great excuse. For him Mm -hmm. to put all this on.
0: Yeah. And he tells Dabra that if she lies to him again, he'll kill Billy slow because he doesn't chew his cabbage twice. Which sounds like that should be a Midwest phrase that I am very familiar (laughs) with. Never heard that. Me neither. Meanwhile, Danny is trying to find Abra's shine so that he can help her use it in her drugged up state. What do you guys think of this part? Uh, This
2: whole
1: sequence fucking rules.
2: (laughs) It, It reminds me of the bit in Firestarter. Where Andy is going into his own mind yeah! and trying to get yeah, rid of, yeah. he, he kicks his addiction oh, by finding the physical like representation mm-hmm. of his addiction and throwing it away. This? Th- this was like him searching for something that he can conceptualize as the shine fuck
0: you guys throughout my notes i kind of have hints to this but it didn't like really click with me this book feels more to me Mm -hmm. like reading Firestarter Mm -hmm. than the shining
2: it's it's one of his x-men books yeah yeah it's 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 not a sequel to the shining it's a if this had nothing to do with the shining a hundred percent better book Mm. I
0: really. Oh, yes. We gotta save. We wow. Gotta save. Okay. Yeah.
1: that's a big statement, my friend.
0: <laughs> but I, I do like like how he's he pictures all these lovers and switches, and he's like, pull them all. Who yeah. cares? Let's do it. I
1: like that he's also like, yeah, this should be fine. I've got some of these.
0: <laughs> would Would one of you like to just describe this final scene in the I truck?
1: Would love to. It away, it, oh my god! I the first time I listened to it back just before the movie first came out, I went back to the beginning of the scene and listened to it again and because mm-hmm. it kicks so much ass. Crow's driving, and all of a sudden, it kind of starts to feel like he has a migraine, just some pain behind his eyes, and it keeps getting worse, and it keeps getting worse, and he looks in the rearview mirror, and there is Abra, no drugged, sleepy eyes, just these wide-awake, wide-aware eyes staring at him, and it she, Dabra, takes control of his hands and his body and makes him run his car off the road, slowly into a tree. (laughs) (laughs) And he pulls the gun out and he's going to just call it, shoot them both, be done with it. But then the gun starts turning back on him. And I just love that his mind is so Mm -hmm. blown by the idea that this could be happening. And, uh, Billy wake uh, Billy wakes up and distracts him. <laughs> he Are you like and, Yeah, he hits
0: everybody <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> throws everybody off, and this back and forth. But it's at the end that really does it. It's it's just almost back to crow, and the force is so strong it snaps his wrists Ugh. and then pulls the trigger, and shoots himself in the face, and then just cycles on out of here. It's fucking awesome. Oh,
0: uh, what you think about how Rose? Handled the news because she feels his death
1: about as well as could be expected considering it's crow
0: yeah this this is where she starts to lose members of her family she that's is my favorite part yes that's
3: the, a yeah,
2: little bit of a time jump and this may be a little skipping ahead but when she just like wakes up and knows mm-hmm. that Like, some of her scouting parties, they're just gone. They're not coming back.
0: She can tell by the sound of the engines which RVs are leaving. Mm -hmm. And I do like, she's like, if Andy were still alive, she'd be with me through the end. It's,
1: man, during that meltdown when Sayri comes up to her and she, like, throws her to the ground. Because, of course, Rose's Mm -hmm. grief is all that matters right now. Her pain is all that matters, despite the fact that Sayri just lost the person who means as much to her.
0: Rose is not a great leader. Maybe she was at some point, but she sucks. <laughs> I man, I got
1: some fucking
2: feelings. I Rose. wonder I'm about, about it. All right.
1: <laughs> yeah. I really wonder what kind of leader Rose was or I, <laughs> man,
0: <laughs> when even things if are going well, <laughs>
1: prequel wise, like who, who did Rose take over for? Like what sort of leadership has this yeah. group been under? I think it's, it'd be interesting to know.
0: I love though she's she's really getting her revenge on. She's like got this speech she's giving when Abra interrupts her inside her head and is like, Don't bother trying to find me. I am on my way. That was badass. Yes. Yeah, that was so a cool moment for badass. Abra. Dabra wakes Billy up again. But <laughs> sprays soda <laughs> in his face for good measure. Poor Billy. <laughs> And tells Billy that he needs to drive them to Vermont because both Abra and Billy need to sleep off the drugs, need to recover, so they make it to the hotel, they get two adjoining rooms, and Billy lets Abra use his cell phone to call her dad and check in, let him know, hey, we're safe for the night. Okay, can we just, because we pop back with Rose, here she takes some steam, mm-hmm. like a monster from a nightmare.
1: Like the night flyer.
0: Yes. Unhinges
1: her jaw, big long tooth.
0: Oh. Why? <laughs>
1: <laughs> there, man, uh, there's something to this true form. I'm not sure.
0: I feel like what we're missing something that I would have liked to have yeah. more in an, of an understanding of.
1: I wish. Yeah. I mean, we have some vampire lore within King's World, obviously, but I wish. Yeah, I wish we had the cross section. This seems to be missing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, the Nightflyer thing can't be an accident because it's the, the exact same. Unhinged jaw single tooth thing. I don't know enough about Nightflyer lore. I've only seen the movie <laughs> once and I'd had a few drinks.
0: It to me, because I've seen it several times, <laughs> it feels like King was just taking one of his ideas that he had that was really cool and applying it to this. I don't but it would be awesome. I wish they were connected. I hope that's true.
1: And they might be.
0: All right, guys. We're getting to the chapter where we come to understand. Maybe. Well, I don't. That which was forgotten because Dan and John drop Dave off to deal with Lucy while they go to the hospital to visit Chetta. And we find out that she is so at the end of her life that the head nurse is like, she's in a coma and it would be kinder, if you don't mind me saying so, to just let her finish here. And they're like, yeah, we just need to, we need to Check in on her and do everything correctly on our end. And so Danny goes up to the room while everybody else is waiting for the rest of their party to arrive. Uh, Which one of you would like to describe what happens in Chudda's room?
2: Um, I'll start by saying I I uh, pulled a CM and had to listen to this segment, like this whole segment that we did for this episode twice, mm-hmm. because we had a, a little bit of a longer wait between episodes than usual. CM, you went on vacation, I got COVID, so <laughs> we're, we had an extra week, mm-hmm. and I was just like, I forgot. So many details, <laughs> I had to go back and re-listen. And I was right there with UCM. I did not catch on to mm. what any of this scene was about until the second time through. Danny goes into the room, and immediately uh, Chetta sees him and goes, you're here, how is that possible? Am I dead? Are you dead? Are we ghosts? I thought it was just the shine. Exactly, I, I was like, uh, yeah. I yeah." It did not catch on at mm-hmm. all. Because that's the other thing. This scene happens really quick. This reveal yes. is a throwaway because he sits and talks with her. And I I kind of zoned out. <laughs> he just sits and talks with it, her and it skips over most uh-huh. of it. They don't really say a lot. It's just then it cuts to... Lucy uh, gets Lucy there. Lucy gets there and walks in.
0: Cheddar dies. Cheddar dies.
2: Uh, we don't see Cheddar dying or what they talk about mm-hmm. or... What the plan is. Yeah. So this is it's all so disjointed. Cause as soon as Lucy gets there, she's immediately like, Who the fuck are you? What is going on? Where's my daughter? I will not, I will grieve my mother when I after I have my daughter. Yeah, because Dave and John
0: were trying to like tell her stuff. She's like, You mm-hmm. guys don't make any sense. This is nuts.
2: And Dan stands up and is like, Hey, uh, just so you know you're we're brother and sister we're, and I'm, well he's
0: I, like come look in the mirror at us with it's me. so stupid because
2: yeah, <laughs> they say they're like oh now that they're both in the room the it was unmistakable and it was like you have been hanging out with this woman's husband for how long and at no point did he go You look kind of like my wife.
0: He's under duress the whole time. I I guess guess. I could get that, but... But if they're (laughs) standing
2: next to each other and it's so obvious that they look related,
0: (laughs) I... Oh, okay. I'm only really mad about this because it shatters... My prediction that Crow (laughs) is Abra's.
2: Oh yeah, no, I totally called this right. Yeah, you were right. You did it.
0: So it was so obvious. (laughs) It was so
2: obvious. And the confusing part, the the thing that will be forgotten, or you will remember what was forgotten.
0: How would he all forget something he didn't know? No, he forgot
2: that he saw Abra wiping her mouth.
0: No, no, wasn't that it? Doesn't work. (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, I agree it doesn't okay. work, but I do think that's what it is.
0: <laughs> that's what I think he, it is, because what else? She's like,
2: oh, I saw her wipe her mouth, and I thought, that reminds me of my dad, but then I forgot. No. It's so dumb. It is such a, <laughs> it, it's thrown away. There is no, like, emotional weight to this. Uh, I felt nothing, and yeah. of course, he he brings up, he's like, of course, like, when we first met outside of the library, it was part of our first plan. is I was going to tell we, if anyone noticed, we were going to tell them that I'm Abra's uncle, and I should have known that I am. Oh, no, why?
0: Like, That's just what? okay. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. I
1: I think he's referencing in that the the parts of the plan that have come very effortlessly, that in hindsight, all look very designed by fate. And I think the, I don't think the I should have known then was like, I should have figured it out. But like, in hindsight, it's like, I should have known. Of course, that's everything else up. has has walked us to this point. I had a different take on remember what others forgot. Yeah, what was yours? And it's a little more complicated because I agree that the line itself was more directed to be fan service than plot-specific. Which, listeners, if we are wrong and we missed this, please let us know. <laughs> My take on it was that memory reminds him of the time of finding the trunk with his dad's books in it. It it's a okay. oh
0: because Dave because was talking about Abra's, Abra's grandma's grandma's
1: trunk. trunk and how everybody'd forgotten about that trunk that nobody'd even known it was there I that's that's the road sure. I followed
0: that is better I it, it's, it, it, it it's you still, stretch to get there but that still makes such more such sense
1: such a stretch
0: it, it, it doesn't yeah it, it doesn't hit quite the right way for me mm-hmm. I do want to ask. Sorry, Ben, this is a Josh question because Josh was just so, you know, Jack is this character for Josh. He's your Mm -hmm. Annie Wilkes. You've said that several times. What did this do to you to, how did you handle this knowing that Jack had an affair?
1: Jack contains multitudes. Of shittiness. Uh, he's a complex <laughs> individual. No, uh, honestly, the idea of of drunk, sense to you. drunk yeah. uh, abusive Jack also not caring if he slept with uh, a student. No, not yeah. not shocked. In like that's all the stuff that was happening right just before. We're talking weeks or months before his rock bottom moment.
0: It. Didn't fit with him for me a little bit. Not that that behavior wouldn't Mm -hmm. probably happen for a person in that situation, but he was so self-loathing and then defensive about his shitty behavior in his own head. Like he's very torn in that way Mm -hmm. that I would have expected him to think about that too, which I know like this was obviously, you know, written after that. I'm not going to, I don't fault it for that, but that would be a reason that it surprised me A little more just because we knew everything Jack did Mm -hmm. (laughs) and thought and hated Mm -hmm. about himself.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like, of course, in retrospect, if there'd just been a one off line about those unfaithful, they they mention in The Shining, uh, Wendy talks about him going out to functions with the other teachers Mm -hmm. and those Mm -hmm. people. And it was just them and him not coming home
0: until the next morning and stuff
1: like that. So that
0: ties for me. Okay, so Danny is Lucy's half-brother.
2: And it does not matter. <laughs> it, it is dropped. It yeah. does, no one is affected by this knowledge. Yeah, I don't it think it affects anything. It doesn't change the plot. Because other people have irrelevant. The Shining. It doesn't have to be her yeah, it, It's Yeah, it's completely <sighs> irrelevant.
0: Okay, we got we got it. Ben and I have to. <laughs> Man, okay. So they are off to Chetta's apartment with uh, Chetta, who now is just gone, just suddenly, anyway.
1: That's how death works.
0: D- Danny is. I- I'm just frustrated because it's all the women have to take a back seat except for Abra, which is good.
2: Oh, th- Chetta gets so much worse yeah. than b- being put in the back seat. I think what Ugh. happens to Chetta is a disrespect. Of such enormous magnitude.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah, like, can, wow. All can right. Can we put a pin in that? Yes, absolutely. I wanna, okay. All right. So Danny is filling Lucy in on everything. They spend a little bit of time in the apartment. They give themselves like three hours to get some sleep. And maybe I'm hyper aware of it, it for this book for some reason, but I've never, I feel like I've never read something with so much recapping.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So they recap for Lucy. We don't have to hear every moment each time but we also get a recap of the shining in the section Mm -hmm. because danny Mm -hmm. fills them in on that history so they make a plan everybody gets up after three hours abris gives them a message in the spilled sugar (laughs) that was very cute that she's okay and loves them and uh danny and lucy have have a little bit of a get to know each other Talk about our parents' talk. It's all very fine, but we don't really have to go over that unless you guys want to mention anything specific. Only,
1: only that this is where it's revealed for the first time that Lucy's mom died from a drunk driving accident. Yeah, which... Which she, she wasn't drunk. Well, but, we don't know that. Well, yeah, because she, she was wasn't a passenger driving. Yeah. and they don't test passengers.
0: Which I do kind of like. It kind of fits into this yeah, theme. there's yeah. more... Yeah. yeah. As they're wrapping up this conversation and Lucy's understandably indignant about a lot of it... Dave, for some reason, is like, hey, Un, these are bad people, and they're not going to stop, and we can't call the cops. We just got to trust in this plan. This is the moment, though, for me that Dave stops being annoying. Oh,
1: (laughs) I'm, you did Dave a disservice just there. Did I? Yeah. Like, sometimes, I know we've had the conversation about pulling quotes. Yeah. But, like, this moment, (laughs) I I wrote it down just in case you didn't, because we have talked, we've given Dave a lot of shit. (laughs) <laughs> but this moment, bringing it around, I just thought it was so cool. He says, this isn't just a skirmish. To this bitch, it's a fight to the death. If Rose gets the chance, she'll eat our daughter alive. What okay. else needs to be said? Like that—that—that yes. that, that is that final of mic drop, done.
0: Here is my nitpicky problem with mm. it. We've had to listen to him bitch about calling the cops <laughs> this whole time until Lucy, his wife, mm-hmm. is like, let's call the cops. He's like, whoa, baby. Hey,
1: you finally had the chance to sleep. okay (laughs) he slept he had a snickers and he's feeling better he's feeling like he can take on the world
0: so meanwhile rose is laying awake in bed this is a moment where she's listening to her family split apart basically Mm. people are taking off some of them are sick while they're leaving some of them are sick and they're staying It's, it's just a bad situation and she's
1: so petty that she is like I'm going to cut off all their funds the, of the people who Ooh, ran. She's a <laughs> bitch. Yeah, oh. like they'll die on their own.
0: Most important part. I'm so angry about this. Okay. It isn't when Rose realizes she has to amend her plan of keeping Abra. And it isn't when she thinks about how she'll cut off the funds of the ones who are running. And it isn't about how she's like, well, without Crow, there isn't really anyone who can step up the way he would have. It's about the fact that one of their members is named Bent Dick, and I am so upset that this is the first <laughs> and <laughs> only time that we get to learn that Bent Dick has been hanging around, probably slightly <laughs> askew. But.
3: Play
1: the st- <laughs> play the stinger.
0: <laughs> oh, boner talk! <laughs>
1: uh, I do. That's a, that's a terrific joke. <laughs> I like that a lot.
0: This is when Silent Sari comes to Rose and and we find out she's silent because she she has a very quiet low voice. She has a speech impediment, but she's wanting revenge and Rose feeds her some steam and maybe they get freaky. There's nakedness. I I don't know if it's comfort or if they're boning. I
1: assume it's boning.
0: The steam makes you bone.
1: Yeah, that's the vibe we get.
0: Yeah. So they are going to... They're putting a plan into motion as well, but we are not privy to all that information just yet. Danny gets in touch with Abra after looking up some info on his old stopping grounds.
1: (laughs) I think I love the comparison to looking at the photos of Bluebill Campground. And he's like, it's like looking through an old photo album. Hmm. And I think that's so surreal.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's on Chudda's computer right before they leave Mm -hmm. doing some research because he has a plan. And I okay, favorite, favorite part, I think he has he tells Abra that there's something she needs to do. And so what she needs to do is call Rose. <laughs> Let's talk about that's
1: it. Uh, before we get to the call, I do just want to point out that the one thing I was sad about is when Dan is looking at all the stuff from the campground and all the amenities, no rope court.
0: Yeah, that's sad. Oh, drastic
1: oversight. <laughs> anyway, this call's fucking amazing. Yes. <laughs> Abra instead of calling the Campground. She They get the number for the Overlook Lodge. So she calls the Overlook. And it rings and rings and rings until when the guy comes over and he answers it. And she's just, get me Rose. Get Rose the hat. Get her on the phone. You who, know who, is who this? I am. You know who this is. Are you get any spots yet? <laughs> <laughs> like, this, just this taunting hmm. shit. And she's like, find Rose. Tell her I'll call back in five minutes. She'll either be there and answer or... I'll see you when I see you.
0: <laughs> or she won't. And if she can't get there in five minutes, she can go fuck herself because yeah. I'm not calling back. <laughs> it's so fucking
1: awesome. And I like that it's as soon as she hangs up, she's like going to pass out. It's so fucking scary.
0: She stress vomits mm-hmm. afterwards because she's, she plays it so cool and brutal that I, I was surprised when she was upset. And it, do you just want to talk about the, <laughs> the next phone r- conversation yeah. when she calls her back?
1: Man, uh, Calling Rose a coward and seeing that reaction from Mm -hmm. her to how much it gets her. I love how much joy Abra takes and just constantly, every time Rose tries to, because Danny says she's going to try to keep you talking. And don't let that happen. Mm -hmm. Say what you have to say and be done. And she's like, "Uh, you're going to listen to me. You're a coward who kills little kids. So I think we're just going to do things the way I'm going to do it. You're going to face me one on one at the roof of the world you're gonna make all those true stay in that lodge together so it's just you and me one-on-one unless you're too much of a chicken shit bitch what what
0: (laughs) you old whore whore.
1: (laughs) fucking awesome
0: i thought it was really cool in rose's like rage she's like seeing red but trying to keep her cool she imagines Abra writhing on the ground with her mouth stuffed with stinging hornets Yeah, which is just a nice callback to. That's a bit of fan service, I think, is just real smooth.
2: Mm -hmm. This is King being once again a master of creating the shittiest people in the entire world. (laughs) Yeah, because uh, it's a thing for King villains to be, you know, so prideful and so easily manipulated. (laughs) Like this, this is so like flag. Uh, Mm -hmm. In the stand, when things start falling Mm -hmm. apart, they don't handle it well, and it makes me hate these characters so much. (laughs) In like a good, you know, you want to hate Mm -hmm. the the villain. It's just it it drives me so crazy (laughs) the 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 hateful pride of of these people. You know, I think that's why I I like George Stark. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's.
0: I feel like he keeps it cool. sure (laughs) sure thanks
1: we all love to see a dynasty fall and that's uh, really the satisfaction you get from watching rose unravel
2: it's just that that quality in anyone of like i cannot lose i am above losing (laughs) uh for some reason when i see that in the real world It makes me want to tear my own hair out. (laughs) Uh, And having it in this character, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is too much of a real person. (laughs) (laughs) All
0: right. So having wrapped up this amazing conversation and stress vomiting, they're going to put the plan in motion. Danny takes one last look at his reflection in Chetta's bathroom mirror, and he has death flies on his face. I didn't get it here. Yeah, I got it before it happened, but just barely. Did either of you? I did not understand? get it until it
3: happened.
2: I
0: the thought first he time. had like I thought it was something to do with alcoholism. Yeah, it just I, hit I thought
2: it was just the oh, it is an omen that something during this final confrontation he is going to die. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just thought it was you know bad things coming. It did not occur to me. Until the second listen, that I that, <laughs> that the thing inside of him is
1: what it is.
0: Yeah, because he he hints at it. He's
1: it's com- talked around beautifully, yeah, mm-hmm. so that when you go through yeah. the second time, you're like, man, it's all right there in front of me. Yeah. Yep.
0: Should we save it for the moment? Or- Let's save it. Okay. Well, we're at part four. Roof of the world. The name that will be a very important landmark. <laughs> at the campground in Colorado. So we don't know the details of the plan yet. It's gonna just kind of happen to us (laughs) as it's happening. And uh, our group goes their separate ways. Abra and her family and Dr. John go home and Danny and Billy make their way out west in Billy's truck. And there's nothing significant in this section, it's it's like standard road trip stuff, just nice moments between Billy and Danny. Yeah. Danny just getting sicker and sicker, won't say what's... Well, he does tell Billy what's wrong, but not to our ears. Yeah. <laughs> A lot is being kept from us, which is interesting. And Abra is also sensing something is wrong with Danny, but she's going to respect his privacy, and he's pretty confident that she'll do that because she knows not to peek in people's heads that way. Okay, I think from this point on... We can just dive into the final showdown. Yeah, yeah. Because Billy and Dan are approaching the campground. Billy in disguise to look younger. Abra not really there, but seems <laughs> like she's there.
1: This the trick. <laughs> the trick is fantastic. It's so because
0: outrageous. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: Dan looks out towards the mountains, and they do that that rotate trick just long enough so that way their locator can get a blip mm-hmm. that yes, Abra is. In route, she is in Colorado, and I. It's it's so cool that small detail, and then the the prep that they bought ahead of time, buying a mannequin downtown, um, <laughs> and I, I guess actually before we get to that final showdown, I we should talk about stopping by his his house.
0: Oh yeah, I forgot.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's not a big deal. It's just, I I was I wonder what your guys' thoughts were on as they pass through they stop at the apartment they're living in when we meet Danny mm-hmm. Torrance in the beginning of The Shining.
0: It's something that I feel like probably plays really well in a visual medium.
1: That makes sense. I liked that it was it was that way of addressing what we've already said uh, a little bit and what we know the book's already saying is could things have been different for Jack if he'd done AA? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it except for Danny phrases it as if we'd never gone to the overlook, but I think right. the message is clear. And I
0: I appreciate that. Yeah. So we have Billy in disguise to look younger, Abra mannequin, and ghosty (laughs) Abra. (laughs) (laughs) And Rose, so she's done everything Abra said except one thing, but she thinks it's going to be okay because that thing involves Silent Sari. Would one of you like to explain what Rose and Sari have been up to while Danny and Billy and Abra are on their way?
2: Yeah, so they have set up an ambush because Silent Sari can go dim kick ass With that sure. was so
0: i did like that uh, yeah, yeah. we dim
2: uh, always uh, very cool superpower if you're gonna write an x-men book throw some <laughs> dimness in there <laughs> so she has hidden her away and said okay you are going to jump out when i say what is it you need to be punished or come don't take make- your
0: medicine a <laughs> basically. Uh, basically, uh, yeah, basically yeah which is cool
2: And uh that's I mean that's pretty much the whole her whole plan Mm -hmm. is she's like, oh, if she's just we're just gonna slit her throat, Mm -hmm. that's it. Easy peasy. Uh except that she does not put two and two together, that all of the true together (laughs) in their like meeting hall, that wasn't her idea. That sure wasn't she does not <laughs> uh, it, it does not click with her that she's like cuz she thinks I even I do why it does Yeah, she cuz she thinks even oh this is great mm-hmm. because Abra thinks just because the true aren't with me that I don't have access to their power. They're all more we are all
3: powerful connected. together.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So it's a good thing that all <laughs> of her people are in one yeah. place. But when uh, Billy parks the car and gets out and waves at the dummy something <laughs> clicks oh something's She's getting wrong. suspicious yeah something's wrong and th- then
0: did either of you feel like i don't know why in my head replaying the scene for myself billy spends like 10 solid minutes just <laughs> prancing around the truck doing <laughs> <Right>. cartwheels waving <laughs> at the mannequin like putting on this unbelievable show for Rose and she's up in the shed going, something oh, huh. strange here. <laughs> it seems here. like he's
1: stalling. Why isn't is...
0: looking at him?
1: I would
0: love <laughs> if, that,
2: if that were the truth. <laughs> but just as Rose realizes something's wrong, the plan springs into action.
0: Yeah, it's too late.
2: And Billy does a cartwheel. That's <laughs> how the plan kicks off. <laughs> no, <laughs> what happens is Dan weaponizes the ghost of an old woman that deserves better
1: john dan john Coffey's (laughs) yes the true into uh, an existence
0: interesting that you felt like that was in disservice to chadis spirit because i was kind of like Oh, cool! Like I we took finally it get her. Sh- we get her in this showdown, and she gets to kill all these fuckers who are going to kill Abra. But what? I don't know. No, no. Exp- like
2: the, my my biggest thing is that he. So Dan just like bar- barges in and barf- barfs up, up a bachetta.
0: ghost.
2: <laughs> uh, and, and like pukes up, and in this moment. Abra is watching, like Abra is there watching, and she sees this happen. And her immediate reaction is, "Hell yeah, eat my grandma!" It's and maybe so that's why I
0: was okay with it because she was okay with it. But why is she okay with it? She
2: there is so little reaction to because she did yeah. not get to see her beloved grandma Mm -hmm. pass. She is not told that and this is what this is why Dan had the flies on his face is because Mm -hmm. he had cancer ghosts in him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) When you say it like that, it really just undercuts the it's just (laughs) the,
2: the fact that like no one has mourned this woman. Yeah. Like she did not get mourning from her family. She got to meet the son this guy the, uh, of Jack from her past, mm-hmm. and then die and get eaten and fed to vampires. That's what happened to Jack. Well, she
0: ate the vampires in no way. No.
2: Because they eat her, and then they get cancer, and they cycle out, and, and they she die. Eats well,
0: them. Well, no, she, I didn't think, I think they got I think cancer.
1: She, I think she eats them because... I mean, the, the other option, option, like, how, how did she get in them? They wouldn't voluntarily breathe her in. Like, they would not voluntarily take uh, her
2: in. I took it as, like, they didn't have a choice
0: that
1: he like force feeds them this old woman (laughs) i took it as like the uh
0: i took it as her going into them and killing them
1: yeah i took it as the scene from uh spoilers for cabin in the woods when the elevator dings and all the monsters come out and rip everybody to shit but chet is the monster who rips everyone to shit The fact
2: that if there had been a scene or a flashback or if dan had like thought back oh as she was on her deathbed I did my doctor sleep thing and I told her, hey, your granddaughter is in danger and I need your help to kill the bad guys. And Chetta went, cool. Yeah. And then died. But did you we don't need that? don't get that. Yeah. I, I don't
1: think we...
0: They had that conversation in yeah. Italian. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I, well, we didn't oh. get it. Well, I think... To have that conversation, then would have shown the hand. Well, of it, it would have. But,
2: like, at but, this point, if Dan had been like, you, you know, as I let her go, I thought back to on her deathbed when she volunteered to do this. She does.
1: She does. Just she wanted does, her to does, give does. a she thumbs does. up no, at the end. He says, he, it, it's, I don't remember the exact wording. Did I just miss but it? Yeah, it, it is specifically said something to the effect of Dan gives them the last breath. Conchetta gave willing gave freely or gave willing like there's there's an implication we just didn't get the conversation yeah there's definitely an implication dropped in there that that Dan was like I can take it like I'm it it'll kill you, basically. But I I will take this and using this together, we can save your granddaughter. Oh, I missed that. That Was uh, okay, fair enough. It, I mean, to be fair, it was maybe like a one sentence thing. So if you were distracted for a second, you would miss it. You
0: only read it once or twice. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. Missed it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and but then. then and then oh yeah, then and then everyone Dan dies. goes in and unleashes. He opens his lock boxes. And lets out uh, Mrs. Massey and Horace Derwent.
0: Real quick, did you guys feel the sympathy Dan felt that Abra did not when the true were dying and he saw some holding each other and saying, I I
1: loved that.
0: I didn't feel the sympathy, but I'm glad that I thought it was interesting to show that Dan was like, oh, fuck these. They're horrible. And they were going to do something horrible. to someone I care about, but they're kind of people. And then Abra was like, get him, Grandma.
1: So she's I mean, she's young. Like that, yeah. she can she can have that that anger yeah. much well, easily. That,
2: that goes into the the epilogue, mm-hmm. where yeah. uh, after all of this, you know, uh, Abra a is a little powers, older yeah. and she is saying, you know, why do they deserved it? But why do I still feel bad? It, and it shows that Dan through his AA and through therapy and whatnot has come and like realizes that, okay, do you feel bad about doing it or the joy
1: in doing it? That's the part we need to watch out for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just like that Horace is, seems pretty happy to be home.
0: Yeah. (laughs) God, the series final moments with Horace. I
1: I never thought I'd be on the side of Mrs. Massey and Horace Derwent in a book, but here I am.
0: They're not the scary ones in this. (laughs) yeah, this book's so
2: goddamn frustrating. <laughs> Cause like it doesn't in this book them showing up. There's no weight. There's to no tension. It. There's yeah. no
1: tension to it. It's
2: just hey, these it's ghosts for us. Yeah, these ghosts that you recognize are here now.
1: But that I mean that's the shit that plays to me. Like that's I, like I, that's well, my I, jam. I'm happy for you. Thank you, I, thank I you mean, for being happy for me. If
2: the entire book. Danny had been continuing to struggle with the ghosts in his head. And then this provided the closure of him letting go of all of the trauma he's lived Yeah, I
0: wanted it to be a bigger deal opening those lockboxes.
2: Making it, taking his trauma and putting it to use somehow in this like and, final confrontation or like him
0: also being in danger by releasing them yeah because abra's because abra's in his mind at one point when he's telling her you know the plan he's showing her the overlook oh, like God, his old yeah. we didn't talk about
1: the hub we of, haven't even gotten mm-hmm. that far jesus <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah the hub is basically the overlook and then he shows her something and it is a monster. And she's like, fuck that. And then she's scared of what he mm-hmm. released. He's like, nah, they're good. Even though they followed him and his yeah. mom when he was a kid, like now they're not going to. It was no, interesting that they hadn't. He locked them up for a very long time and now they're not going to bug him.
2: Yeah, exactly. It, it's, would you come back? There's no. Why would you ever come back at that guy do you again? you think
0: they learned a lesson?
2: I don't know. I certainly would. <laughs> No, I, I'm right there. There's no, like, weight or meaning to any of this. It is just him using ghosts as a superpower. And the fact that the ghosts, by being used this way, are kind of like the ghosts, the th- things that were so scary about the first book, the things that were this evil, malevolent force, uh, well, now they're a force for good. They're his pets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's and the big ghost becoming the hero that saves the day is insane. That's crazy. It, it is so unearned. Mm, let's, let's
3: continue.
1: I, I do want to touch on the Horace Darwin being the hero that saves the day because I think it's funny that I don't think he's a hero for saving Danny. I think he's protecting his home. I think these sure. people have inf- have like are like rodents infesting his home and so he's he's protecting the overlook
0: he eats everything (laughs) that comes in his house right i guess okay let's talk about what danny and abra do and how rose handles that because this my other kind of favorite moment
1: yeah so this is we talked about it just a bit ago that Rose puts all of this together just before it all happens. And she's on her way down the stairs when she gets hit by the blinding pain of the rest of the true dying mm-hmm. and her and Sayuri being the only two left. The, this wheel that we've been having swap back and forth, we see early on, we reference it, the hub that looks like the caretaker's room from when Jack stayed there. And so that's where they are kind of coming back to meet to. And Rose, like up until now, Rose has not sensed Dan one time. Yeah, she has a they've not, mm-hmm. and I think it's because he's also an adult, and mm-hmm. adults usually yeah. don't have any steam. But she launches into his head, and then we are thrown into kind of a king dream sequence as Dan wakes up and from a, a night of drinking. Terrible hangover rolls over see a woman in an Atlanta Braves shirt laying on the floor next to him.
0: This was so effective for me because of how upsetting this opening was when Mm. we were first catching up with adult Danny.
1: Rose being able to use Dan's rock bottom moment is so fucking great. She essentially rolls over and it's Rose instead of Dini and she's taunting him and she's saying that there, his plan failed. She's already killed Abra. That's why he can't find her anywhere and antagonizes him to the point that he attacks her and starts choking her. What he doesn't realize is that even though Abra said she was retreating because she's like astral projecting herself here, she comes back to the wheel and gets caught in it. And it's actually Abra that he's choking and... That has got to be one of the most horrifying things for Abra is seeing her uncle Dan. It was
0: more horrifying for Danny than Abra. She sure. was like, it's cool, dude.
1: <laughs> do you, I, uh, the question I want to ask about this is, do you think Rose could have used this moment if he had told Kingsley?
0: No, He'd, no. I, sorry. I, I want to talk about that when we get to. Awesome. Yeah.
1: Perfect. We'll get to it. I just, I thought, I think using it here is just so yes. amazing. But, and everything, Rose is going to get what she wants. Rose is finally won. And then Billy drives his truck into a support Mm -hmm. for the roof of the world and causes her to lose her balance. I love Billy. (laughs) Out of nowhere, saving the day, driving a truck into stuff. I think that's amazing.
0: He's the hero. He's the Mm -hmm. hero.
1: But the distraction breaks that spell long enough for him to see that it's Abra that he's choking and Dan's able to let her go, but mm-hmm. she has to leave again to, you know, recover. Recharge. Yeah, <laughs> And then that's when we have the Dan shows up and they're talking from the top of the stairs and down there. And Rose uses the word. And before Sari can get out, Horace Dorn grabs mm-hmm. her by the wrist, gives her a, a big old smooch oh. and then strangles her to death. And
0: he's gross.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. He's rotting. It does also show a lot about Rose that... Sari dies. Now there's no flash of pain that she she mm. doesn't register anything and her only thought is I'm the last one, I guess. And well, n- <laughs> not anything sad about Sari. It's just well now it was just the two of us and now it's down to me.
0: Maybe some of the ones who bailed out on her survived.
1: Unless they were all sick.
0: Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> probably all dead.
1: Probably. But Abra Oh my god. Okay. So <laughs> I d- ben, I don't know if you're going to be so angry about this or not, but then Rose reaches into Dan's mind and says, "Strangle yourself," and he fights it, and he's trying to not do it. And he hands- would only do
0: it till he passed out. And then, yeah, he exactly. it. sorry, yeah. go on. <laughs> I don't know why I know that. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, you got it with one hand, so your other hand's free to jerk off.
0: <laughs> and then,
2: Jesus
1: Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. Um, You're so not. He, so he starts choking himself and he is whispering more. And um, Rose again, once again, victory right in her grasp. There's nothing that can be done when she is hit by a rushing force of air that I imagine would just sound like the thwack of a mallet
3: mm-hmm. into
1: her back. <laughs> And it it like jostles her so completely she loses her connection and by the time she looks back Abra is back and now it's two on one for some reason the fact that it's not pushing but it's like pulling mm. and they they are she feels hands on her back pushing her towards the railing but it to from their perspective it's pulling towards yeah. and it is. To the point where they have forced Rose's body against the banister. And she has a moment where she is trying to decide whether, like, do I promise her we can start a new thing? Do I beg? Mm -hmm. Do I do any of this? And then in the end, she decides to go, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) And the banister snaps and she falls headfirst, breaks her neck on landing and can't speak because she's drowning in her own blood as she's cycling. While Abra stands asks her, over her. Does it
0: hurt? I hope it does. With it's joy. Fucking awesome. <laughs> so that is the that end fi- of this. That final scene. finale. Yeah. Yeah.
2: They burn her hat. <laughs> they do burn the hat.
0: Because <gasps> the hat apparently has powers? <laughs> sure. I mean, they treat it, I like, feel it- like it's
2: just. They, you put that on a snowman, oh, bad stuff's Oh, that's how we
0: get Jack Frost.
2: Yes.
0: Yeah. Mm, it all comes together. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we are back at home every... Sorry, I feel like I can do better. Well, we are
1: not back at home. Hold on. Wait, what'd I miss? Before leaving, we can't leave oh, the yeah. world without saying goodbye properly. The the most aggravating <laughs> thing in the entire yes! world. I, that, hate no.
0: this. Oh, I hate Oh, this. oh wait, oh, oh my God, I can't believe I forgot. Okay, said- hold on, I'm gonna be in the middle. This scene is basically... The ending of the Shining series that we laughed at, written in the book. Yes, absolutely correct. <laughs> Go on, one of you. It, it is
2: so unearned. It is the when the, the ghostly uh, blows that Rose had experienced, the, the what felt like punches, but it was just one whack air force of air passing through her is, of course the ghost of Jack Torrance, who Dan sees and waves at. It is...
0: Wait, but you wanted Ghost Jack to come back.
2: (laughs) It is so tone-deaf to the fucking first book to have Jack be the thing that comes and arguably saves the day because he distracts you know, rose long enough for Abra to come back and finish the job, he arguably s- Jack Torrance from The Shining saves the day by Again. coming back and doing violence to a woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: fuck. I, I can't believe it. He hits her where he hit Wendy. Yeah. And, <laughs> they, and we're supposed to be like,
2: oh, thank God. What the fuck? <laughs>
3: Oh, God. it is
2: absolutely wild that we're supposed to be like. Can you? Oh, this is this moment of like closure.
0: I was so distracted by him, like, because when he did this, I was literally picturing the scene in the series of of this kid just stopping, of Danny stopping on stage and like getting all teary eyed and blowing a kiss to nothing from the perspective <laughs> of the audience that I missed that Jack had done anything. I just thought, he was, waiting, <laughs> he was waving to ghost dad that Jack was still there. So I didn't even realize oh that he God. quote, saved that's, the yeah, day. Because I was just like, wow.
2: <laughs> no, it's so unearned that that is the first time that Jack Torrance figures into the story of this book arguably at all. He Dan has a couple nightmares throughout the book, but they are not like a pivotal part of the story and that he just shows up to be the, the, Oh, thanks dad. Like I, (laughs) this makes up for that. This is the closure I needed to, it does not work. It does not work even a little bit.
1: It's interesting that you think that that was for closure. I think, I think that the idea that Jack Appears in this moment means that Jack could have found Danny at any point, like the other Overlook ghosts did. And I think this is Jack's state now is uh, his penance. Uh, He didn't he didn't seek Danny out to absolve himself. He didn't put he didn't do any of those things. He stayed where his fate was sealed where he, and and Abra points out that she knows that before he died, he beat the monster out of him. That, you know, the Overlook monster, not the other monster. But I felt that it was a cool way to do a... Redemption arc isn't what I want to say, but it's, well, the phrase I'm going to use because I can't think of a better one, that it just shows that he was problematic, but this is his this is his kind of redemption of uh, resigning himself to his fate
0: when we know that people can move on, so to see that he's still in this place, even if he's not possessed by the overlook, is kind of sad.
1: yeah, like it's just he I, I, even after all this, even knowing that even though part of it wasn't his fault, he knows deep down, another oh, part oh, of it no. certainly was oh no,
0: okay. Ghost Jack's been hanging around the campgrounds. For decades, could have warned Danny that the truth exists.
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: it, it all sucks. It's all I, right, honestly sure. more than anything. It just comes across as sloppy hmm. because we should have had this entire book should have been about Danny and his relationship to the trauma that his father caused. Okay,
0: well, can we talk about the real ending for me, sure. which yeah. is that. Well, it's, it's about Danny's internal sure. struggles with his addiction. And, you know, of course, mm-hmm. that ties into his father. Yeah, after, I, lo- I
2: like the epilogue. The epilogue is uh, one of my favorite parts.
0: I So, because Josh, you posed a question about if Danny had told Kingsley, had shared the Dini story, would Rose have been able to use that against him? And I do not think she would have because we see what happens when he finally does what he's supposed to do and works the program so we're back. He's at an AA meeting, and he finally just works himself up to do it. He gets up there. He's he's getting his chip. He's hit another very important 15. milestone. 15 years is so great. And he shares his Deanie and Tommy story. And to his surprise, for some reason, no one is shocked. Everyone's just like, okay. And they, they go about the business of the meeting. It is just another story, mm. which... To anyone not familiar with AA or Al-Anon, that might sound really awful, but this is what addicts need. They're not special or different. They haven't done anything worse than many others have also done. And rock bottom is different for everybody, but it's still rock bottom. So holding on to any of those things sets you apart from people in a way that isn't healthy for recovery, because when you share that stuff, you take away its power over you. And that's what Kingsley was Mm -hmm. trying to help Danny understand. That's what that's Part of that step yeah. is about, you have to release all that, so that it doesn't have power over you. <laughs>
2: Th- this epilogue is, along with the prologue, <laughs> the strongest part of this entire book. Th- this part of him just being in the meeting, the the weight, you feel mm-hmm. that weight of like, oh, well, like, I if I had just had the strength to like say this out loud to someone, I, I wasted so much time, like mm-hmm. worrying about this one thing. You feel that leave. It's so effective. It is mm-hmm. so, and the fact that it happens in the last fucking ten pages of the book, like this is the stuff I I wish cut the true completely out of this book. Mm-hmm. Th- this may be getting ahead of ourselves g- into ratings. Well, you, you already a little talked bit. about
0: the Ab- Abra being a teenager and she's mm-hmm. reacts her feelings of anger in a very accidental and physical way. Everybody tries mm-hmm. to talk to her about it. They finally ask Danny to, and he doesn't. He just shares with her how, like, shitty things he's done until mm-hmm. she starts crying and she's like, you're trying to make me feel bad. He's like, no, I'm just trying to tell you that we have to be careful, which is in a nutshell what you two said. Mm-hmm. But, sorry, go on.
2: Okay. Yeah, it's it's very good. I love the, the, the epilogue. And That's what I wanted the whole book to be. Uh, The entire book, if it had just been Dan working on his addiction, and if the whole book had been finding out that he had a niece, and him, the parallels between her and her problems, and Mm -hmm. his problems as a teenager, and him passing on his experience and working through his trauma that that's all interesting like you, the book should have been all about dan and it's simply not it is about a, a girl fighting superpowered uh, ghosts that that's i truly believe if you and this is the other thing i'm just completely rambling now <laughs> this book does one of my least favorite things that a book or a movie or anything can do And that is when, (laughs) if the good guys had never interacted with the bad guys at all, same conclusion. Abra and them never had to do anything. If they had never interacted with the true not at all, they would have kept going, they would have got the measles, and they all would have died. I fully believe that, because they Mm -hmm. were on their way out anyway. Which means everything, which is three-fourths of the book, is a waste of our time. That is time, <laughs> that, we, that is time that we could have been spending with the characters we care about.
0: Instead of recapping.
2: Instead of recapping over and over again. Instead of having these action sequences that, while occasionally very cool, sure, they eat a grandma to death, whatever. <sighs> uh <laughs> <laughs> it's just there are so many glimpses throughout the book of like, oh, this could have been so good. Mm-hmm. This could have been a real exploration of the consequences of the first book.
1: So you wanted like zero to minimal supernatural at all.
0: What I wanted and su- smaller, like yes. instead of being an epic like the stand where this world is huge sure. and we have all these characters just kind of following that same vibe of this yeah. is about like people. A smaller story. And they again. happen to have abilities. Yeah.
1: Fair enough. It,
2: it, the, it's, yeah, exactly. I don't do know you,
1: what the, I don't know what the plot of that book is, but.
2: it uh, If it had been about the ghosts that D- Danny keeps ghosts trapped in his head, that's a cool premise. I
0: thought that was going to be a much bigger deal at the end. Yeah. I it, thought he was going to like, Feed the like they were going to try to take his steam and he was going to feed them the ghosts, and then everybody yep. was going to be in danger too.
2: Here's what I thought the last act of this book was going to be the last confrontation.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I thought it was going to be Dan drawing Rose into the hub and then a final confrontation Opening in the, the ghost yeah. of the Overlook Hotel.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what I, I thought, thought it was, it was going.
2: going to be Dan had Jack in his head the whole time and he released oh, it. Oh, shit. And it was going to be Jack versus Rose in the end. Which but it in a, was which Jack was, versus Rose. <laughs> but I don't know. I It's just...
0: I see it, yeah. There's cool ideas,
2: but none of it lives up to the specter of what it is a sequel to, which is why I said, if this had been brand new characters, if this had been not The Shining, but... A guy with crazy yeah. psychic abilities. This had been
0: Firestarter? I, yeah, sure. This even was a better that. Firestarter.
1: Absolutely much better Firestarter. Uh,
0: do you want to throw in your rating? Oh, or? hold on. I uh, okay. We cannot
1: finish this without talking about the very, very last thing that happens. Because CM, you made a big deal about it for the last two episodes that you <laughs> really thought Fred Carling was going to be oh. like... You're- you thought you thought he was gonna be like the <gasps> villain.
0: I did because Stephen <laughs> King foreshadowed it, and no, he's not. He's just a fucking guy who's <laughs> a piece of shit, and then he dies. And Dan takes the high road and he's not like, oh, fuck, man. I've seen what's on the other side. It's the null. He tells him it's going to be alright. I would have nulled that bastard. I'd be like, it's giant he's ant already- gods that are going to torture you for eternity. He's man. already
1: taking his dog. I mean...
0: <laughs> yeah, what a sweet, just, what a sweet end for fucking. Yeah,
1: Fred Carlin gets hit by a drunk driver just outside of Rivington. Running and to they,
0: McDonald's, running, yeah,
1: <laughs> making a quick run to McDonald's, and they just put him in a bed and they Danny
0: They do sends him because off. the hospital's like too full, and they're like, eh. Well, just he's not going to live anyway. I know that's just yeah. That's he has a rough end, but yeah, it's also sweet, which is gross. <laughs> uh, all right, all that, right now yeah, we can, can do ratings. <laughs> now let's do.
3: Uh,
0: <laughs> you've you've made your case, Ben. It's
2: it's frustrating. I wanted to like this book. Yeah, I I tried. I really did. There are some moments that are like that's a cool moment uh, that or that's a cool premise. It's just none of it adds up to anything. Um, yeah, sorry, folks that love this book. Two out of five Oof. chambray shirts. Oof. Two, I, and that's. <laughs> That 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 extra one is completely because I love The Shining
1: so much. <laughs> uh, I I've really enjoyed this book. the The recapping does get a little out of hand, and the false starts uh, to sections drags it down. And of course, Ben just now bringing to my attention that if these characters had never crossed paths in any way, the ending uh, it's Raiders would be of
2: the Lost Ark. virtually the same. It's Raiders of the Lost Ark Syndrome. Yeah, If Indy had just left all those Nazi alone, they would have gotten the Ark, opened it, and melted anyway. Who cares?
1: <laughs> <laughs> do really like the Jack Torrance thing at the end. Yeah. I I mean, and that's that's definitely a very specific. Mm-hmm. People who mm-hmm. feel like I do about that character, I'm sure, loved that moment as much as I did. And projected all the feelings that are not given but that i listed as my feelings <laughs> onto that moment which gave it a, a gravity that other people might not think it, it deserves i think all the action stuff is really cool i liked seeing all the cool different ways that they had like the steam being the catalyst for all these powers i man, i just i enjoyed this book i'm gonna go four out of five blue chambray
0: shirts I am going to have to reread this book in a few years to see how it hits me knowing now what what it is so that I'm not like every second comparing it to The Shining and every second it just falling short of that comparison. And I realize that's probably unfair in a way, not because it is a sequel, but it was so hard to separate the two Mm. and not want more of The Shining in this. So I'm trying to be very fair (laughs) with where I land on it. I had a lot of similar issues as you did, Ben. The parts that I liked were more in line with the vibe of The Shining, and they were so well done and so meaningful and just amazing moments of humanity. And I had a hard time with the true. I just struggled to enjoy those characters. And I enjoy villains. I, I just couldn't connect to them in like that fun villain way at all. Mm. And the the recapping did drag it down for me. It, it was, I, I really got tired of, okay, we, we already know this <laughs> for the third time. I am going to give it, this is going to seem weird. <laughs> Four out of five blue chambray shirts, wow. which is a different than your four a, out of five. A
2: damning condemnation. Yeah.
0: It's I I can't. I'm sorry. I'm we're gonna be fucking real from now on. Sam with the ratings because after our March Madness episode and what I went through with the gunslinger and the shining, and how I realized, like, man, like the shining is really that book mm-hmm. to like hold as the gold standard. Like this is five blue chambray shirts material here.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I just, I wanted to like Doctor Sleep more than I did. I did not dislike it. I'll read it again. I'm excited to watch the movie. Probably gonna struggle because I love the Shining movie so much too. Mm-hmm. But I can't, in good conscience, give this book the same rating that I gave the Shining. I just can't do it.
1: That's it for this episode of Dairy Public Radio. As always, thank you for listening. Join us for our next episode where we will be covering the film Doctor Sleep. For Benjamin Graham and CM Alexander. I'm Joshua Khan reminding you, dream up a dragon and tell me about it in the morning.
0: Hey everyone, CM Alexander here. Thank you for listening to Dr. Sleep Part 3. We hope you enjoyed it. I have a clip that didn't make the final cut for you at the end here, but first, I want to give a shout out to our friends, Stephen King Lovers, SKL, on Facebook. They are such a fun and engaging group. If you're looking for people to talk king with, including us, check them out. That's Stephen King Lovers S K L. And as always, you can keep up to date with us on Facebook or Instagram at Dairy Public Radio and Twitter at Dairy Public. You can email us anytime at dairypublicradio at gmail.com. You can also visit our Etsy store for cool merchandise, and you can find bonus episodes on our Patreon page at the $5 and up tier. And if monetary support isn't your thing, that's cool too. We'd also be so grateful for a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts so that we can stay visible on the charts and other king and horror fans can find us. Your reviews really help, and we sincerely love to read them. And finally, don't forget to check out our Discord page, search Dairy Public Radio. We have tons of awesome discussion going on there. So here's the extra clip. I did not remember to jump to this point, so now all of you have to listen to it too.
1: A reminder to give yourself some big claps when we start again. Not right now. Not, that's, you're you're going to make a note to jump to that point, and you're going <laughs> to jump to it, and you're going to be like, well, what am I doing?
0: <laughs> No, I'm going to be like, oh, Josh was wrong. This works so well. (laughs) That's all for now, listeners. Goodbye.